Hello, and welcome to Tea with Friends. We are on episode 16. This week, I'm talking to my friend Sho about travel. It's always a pleasure to hear about Sho's life, and I really hope you enjoy meeting him. time that I've actually done one of my podcasts face to face. Oh gosh, here we are in the flesh. I know, it's very exciting. I'm a lot more nervous than I usually am though. Yeah. I don't know whether that's because you seem very calm. Well, you know, being a YouTube star. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> it's just nice to talk to a friend, isn't it? Well, you've mentioned YouTube now. What do you do on YouTube? Why are you a YouTube star? <laughs> I'm not actually a YouTube star in any way, shape or form. Um... So, as you know, our friends, Josh and Ollie, have a YouTube channel. Um, in fact, they've got two. So, one is Korean Englishman, and one is Jolly. Look at that plug for free there. <laughs> um, and they are very popular. Um, and Annie and I have often been there as guests and has tried a lot of stuff and done a lot of fun things with them, which is really nice, actually, really cool. Yeah, and as a result, uh, some people have seen my Vizog on <laughs> On the old YouTube, yeah. How many different places have you been to and then done stuff with Josh and Ollie? Uh, okay, so with, with Josh and Ollie, for YouTube and stuff, been pretty incredible because those guys are big in Korea, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so they have graciously taken Andy and me out for a whole week filming episodes in Korea. Okay. So we did it during the, um, the Winter Olympics, um, and it was kind of like what you should do if you're out in Korea, like for the Olympics oh, kind right. of thing. And we did some crazy things from here, there and everywhere. Kind of like uh, one of my favourite episodes, actually, of the, of the whole thing. I think we did five or six, maybe a bit more. Um, but one of my favourites was um, we did like a couple's date day. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> and it sounds incredibly weird, but it wasn't in the sense that Yes, we wore matching outfits because that's what people do in Korea as couples. <laughs> <laughs> but we did a lot of like incredible things. We went up to um, Samyang Tower and kind of had a great view of all of Seoul, really, just looking out over incredible places. I don't know. It was just, it was a really good, we had like a couple's date thing where we went out to karaoke. We did like karaoke, which Andy and I would do anyway. Yeah. Just for a laugh. That did look amazingly fun. Were you in a, like a booth? Yeah, essentially. You, it's just like, I don't know, like 50p or something like that. And you you go into a booth, you pick a song, and you just sing your heart out. What's your karaoke tune? Oh, that's a great question. There's As so if many, there's just one. <laughs> so many to choose from. We So the one that we kind of went crazy on was um, Don't Stop Me Now, Queen. Nice. Great Good tune. Choice. Great tune. Yeah. One of my tunes is Billie Jean. I love that. It's just, well. yeah, it's, it's I don't know whether I've ever heard you sing Billie Jean. Uh, probably not sing it, but definitely dance to it. Okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. But that. I mean, that was that was incredible. Like, so Korea is one of the places we went to, and then um, through them, actually, we got a deal uh, to advertise for for LG, um, okay. like home appliances. 
Amazing. Yeah, so we did like this whole advert for LG. Like we spent, I went over <laughs> on a bank holiday. So it was like the start of our term. Wow. It's an incredible day because what happened was I'd gone for a new job. I went in and I basically I told them I can do this Friday, but I've also got to leave early because I've got to catch a flight to Korea. And they're like, what? I was like, yeah, I'm filming an ad. <laughs> okay, okay, all right. So, yeah, I ended up getting the job then going first class or business class. Oh, too. very nice. Yeah, right. All expenses paid. It was incredible. Nice. Yeah, that's a, that, it was really, really good fun. A lot of crazy appliances. <laughs> but I had to be excited about a washing machine and dishwasher and stuff. Wow, look at this. I probably would be excited <laughs> about them. <laughs> but we'll just leave that there. What's this, a hand dryer? <laughs> wow. <laughs> so you've done, you've done quite a lot of um, travelling with your friend, Andy. Yes. Where, yeah. where, which places have you gone to? We've done a lot. I, the thing was, I think... Well, my life ambition is actually to go to every country in the world. Oh, wow. And it's not necessarily to, like, kind of see the sights or, and things, but I realised early on that I, I really enjoy meeting people. Mm-hmm. And for me, the whole idea is if I meet people, then I can learn from them. And you learn so much in terms of different aspects of your life and how people do things. And also, not necessarily how things are done differently, but also how things are done similarly to what you do and, and kind of adapt your life or I hope to be able to adapt my life to think actually you know what this is a really good way of, of living and, and doing things thereby enhancing my life yeah so that was a kind of like I mean that philosophy has kind of developed over the years I went out to India just after GCSEs um, and it was the first trip I'd done on my own it was with my sister but like without parents so I just turned 16, it was before I turned 16, I was out there. And that was the eye-opener. I grew in confidence because I was able to kind of like live in a culture that, yes, wasn't brand new to me, but it's very different to what I'm used to in the UK. Um, but then I made this journey. I decided that I was going to come home before my results came up. And it was, it was one of those important times in my life where I was like, okay, I need these set of results to be able to go to sixth form. But if I didn't get it, then I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, and I wanted to be the person that opened my results okay. rather than be told over the phone yeah. what it's going to be. My sister decided that she was going to stay out a bit longer. She was going to go back to university. Um, but I wanted to come back. So as a result, I would have had to come back on my own. At the time, we were traveling in the south of India. And I... Decided, right, okay, so because I've got to come home, I've got to fly home from Calcutta. So I ended up catching a train at the age of 16 on my own from the south of the Chennai to Calcutta, which was, I think at the time, it was like a 32-hour train. Yeah. Wow. And I was like, okay. And I just, it's one of those things where you're like, if you're put in that position, you just take responsibility. Yeah. You just grow up. And it was incredible because I was in a birth like it's a sleeper train and in my kind of compartment I had like a, a family already set out for me so one side it was like an old couple like my grandparents uh, with a bunk beneath me was this young guy almost like a like a elder brother um, and then his wife and kids so like kind of you know sister-in-law or whatever um, and I had just had all these people around me just looking out for me 
staying with her like, oh, do you want to share some food? Do you want to get some tea? All this kind of stuff and just talking. I became part of that culture and system. Flew home, managed to do all of those things and you can imagine like the kind of freedom that, that bred in me. Yeah. As a result, I was hit. That's it. I've got that bug. Just then. Yeah. And Andy had a similar experience. He went to Australia with his sister and kind of did similar things in terms of just growing up and having an incredible time with people that met and the things that he did. And so we get to know each other a lot better in sixth form and we kind of decided that, right, once we finish this, I decided that I wasn't going to do a gap year because I just felt like if I'd stopped education, I wouldn't be able to go back. Okay. I was that kind of guy who's like, I need to do this, otherwise I'm not going to. So we're like, okay, so we'll finish education um, and then we'll work, we'll work for a year, year and a half, and then we'll go traveling. And I think one of the key things for me was because I want this in my life, no one was going to give it to me. Yeah. And if I want it, I have to work for it. I have to make it happen. And I, I was incredibly fortunate, obviously, that like my parents, you know, are self-sufficient. I can, you know, I didn't have to contribute that much to the family and things. And I can literally just work for myself, mm-hmm. which a lot of people don't have the luxury yeah. of doing, right? But I was in that position and, and managed to save good chunk of money was probably about seven, eight thousand pounds or something like that. But I hated working. Okay. <laughs> like, please don't make me go. I was like, I'd never want to do that again. <laughs> that was the plan. So we decided to do like the expensive part of the world bus. Okay. So we went to Iceland, Canada, America, Mexico, the Bahamas, and came back with so I only wanted to come back for Christmas and came back and then I went to India and Bangladesh. Uh, on my own. Have you been to um, Australia and New Zealand? No, I, no, I have, but that was a different trip. Okay. And I was in a position, well, I mean, I'm just telling the whole life story now. <laughs> like, it depends how much you want to share with everybody else. Hey, listen. Sounds good. Well, I think, I mean, like, because I, I tell this a lot of kids mm-hmm. in terms of one teaching. I should probably say that. <laughs> you're a, you're <laughs> yeah. a teacher. I'm a teacher, just, just random, to like, stop children. random kids in the street. <laughs> like, listen up. <laughs> I've got something to tell you. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it's, I'm proud of what I've done. Mm-hmm. And I think it's valuable to understand that, you know what, a lot of things aren't going to be given to you, but you can work towards it, can make those things happen, depending on what your dream is. A lot of people have different wants and understandings of life, and that's fine. For me, that this is what I love. I love to travel. I love to meet people and I love to experience life in that way through other people. So the initial plan was essentially that, so Andy and I did that whole trip, spent a hell of a lot of money yeah. and I was like, I never want to work for that long again. Okay. So because the dream was to go to every country, yeah. um, I'd come back and then I'd like work nights at like Sainsbury's or the stack shelves, about 12 quid an hour or something like that. Yeah. Work for three months, earn around three grand, and then sod off at the end somewhere. That was the plan. Yeah. But at that point, the economy had crashed. And so I'm in a position where I'm like, oh gosh, I don't know what I'm going to do. My parents are like stressed out of their minds, thinking, you need to get yourself a job. Yeah. Otherwise, you're screwed. And so I thought, okay, so what could I do that would allow me to both work and travel? And so I decided to become an English teacher. 
That was the problem. Problem was, once I became a teacher, I kind of got stuck into a rat race. Was your plan to become an English teacher so that you could teach anywhere in the world? Yeah, yeah, that was precisely it. Yeah, so it would give me the freedom to do it. And you know, they're always wanted, right? English yeah. teachers always wanted every, every, everywhere. You know, you could go and apply at least. Mm-hmm. Whether you'd be accepted, it'd be a different question, but yeah. you could at least have got the option. But yeah, as I say, I just got sucked in. Like, I did my PGCE. I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. This is ridiculously hard. Mm-hmm. It was the hardest thing I've ever done. Uh, for those people thinking about becoming teachers, it's not a light undertaking. Yeah. <laughs> like, so in the end, I kind of got stuck. So I started teaching, and I was there for that. You know, every year I look at jobs abroad, but then I think to myself, okay, if I just do one more year here, then I do this, and if I do one more year, then I do that. Mm. Uh, oh, and then I'll become, you know, second department. Oh, then I'll become head of department, and then, you know, then I'll just have all of these things that yeah. I can put on my CV. Um, and the problem was that I just kept working towards those things rather than making myself happy. And before I knew it, it's like my life was just passing me. I'm like, I'm not doing anything. I'm not. I don't feel like I'm fulfilled in any way. I don't. I've lost who I am, in a sense. And I got to a point where I just wasn't happy. I started to kind of work out who I was through the eyes of others. Um, it's getting a bit deep. In the, oh, yeah, it's oh. watching you again. Huh? What I mean was, it's like, so, you know, Annie and I are best mates. Yeah. And we spend a lot of time together. And um, we got to a point where... He was, I mean, he's incredibly witty, incredibly clever, um, but he wasn't always like that. He <laughs> wasn't. He just, I mean, like, he probably he had it in him. Yeah. But he was never outgoing and confident. Okay. Um, and so by spending a lot of time with him, he became more outgoing and confident. And I don't think I'm, you know, bragging, I'm not bragging or I'm not saying anything, but the fact is that because we had such a good bond, yeah. he felt more comfortable in himself. I was able to come out. And I was already comfortable with myself in terms of, I, you know, I was best mate, you know, still am best mate with Steve and, and Chris. And I, I was lucky that I had that support around me as a person and people who would accept me for who I was. And I don't think Andy had that when he was quite young. Okay. But through our friendship, he felt more and more able to do that. Anyway, we've got lots of friends. And I've always been the guy that kind of is in the background a little bit. People make plans and stuff, and I'm like, okay, yeah, we'll do that and, and enjoy myself and stuff. I'm not, I'm, I'm not the leader of the group or anything like that. Okay. Do you mean that you're not the person to make the plans? You just join them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. And so, so Andy, Andy would make plans, and we just be like, "What do you reckon?" And like, "Yeah, sounds a good idea. Let's do it." And so, if me and him were doing it, that'd be all good. And then we got like, and then people would join. Yeah. I got to a point where I was like, I don't like spending time with people. I didn't re- I didn't realize, I didn't understand why people would want to spend time with me. That's it was it got to that point. I don't know what to say about that. Yeah. I know, right? Because it's... I can understand that people <laughs> would want to spend time with you. Like I've known you through that phase. Yeah, you have, yeah, absolutely. But I I just But that's how you felt. Yeah. I'd lost an identity. I'd lost who I was, and it was a it was a comment from another friend of ours who it was kind of like a 
it was a dig, and yet it also came from a place of um, frustration and stress from that person. Okay. And it was like, and the comment was like, yeah, Andy's the funny one, but what do you do? Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, and I was like, uh, you know when you're just like, you don't have any talk? Yeah. Um, and I was like, yeah, it's true. It's like, what, what do I do? Which is an awful thing to think. Yeah. Right? Because automatically then what I did was I was measuring my work through other people. Yeah. Not understanding that I am worth what I'm worth. It doesn't matter. I'm so angry with that person. <laughs> I'm, I, don't know. Yeah, but, I don't know who they are. Yeah, but I'm, I'm not going to say. Um, but no, I'm... It wasn't right. meant as a... It wasn't meant as a kind of... I, like realisation thing. Yeah. It was... It was like, yeah, but... That kind okay. of, like, it was joshing around kind of thing. But it kind of, it stung me. Yeah, I can imagine it did. And I, I reassessed. I was like, what's going on? And I was really affected. And I think I realised there, was like, I kind of felt like I was in a shadow. Even though, the, you know, mine and Andy's relationship has never been, you know, our, our friendship has never been that. Like, he would tell me a thousand times, like, dude, I'd, I'd be nowhere. Like, and yet, I wouldn't feel that. I'd just feel like, well, I'm just holding you back kind of feeling. And so I got into a position where I had to take a deep, hard look. And I thought, I need to stop. I need to get out. I need to do what I wanted to do in life yeah. and just get out, you know, and, and almost kind of rediscover myself. It wasn't the aim. The aim was just to get out, yeah. you know, to break free from the bonds of the world and, and kind of just understand that there's more to what I'm doing. So I thought, okay, right, I'm out of here. And so I decided to quit work. Um, I worked my ass off for over a year. Like I was working 12, 13 hour days every day. So I was like working at school and then I'd do tuition for three, four hours every day. So I saved and saved and saved and I was finally in a position to go. So I quit work and then before I quit work, and this is another thing, you just don't know your worth, right? So when I quit, the school were like, please don't quit. We'll give you more money. And at the time, I was like, what? Uh, but I was adamant. I was like, no, I'm, it's not about the money I'm going. Yeah. It's like, no, 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 please don't go. We'll give you more money. Wow. I was like, this isn't, you know, how far can I push this? Yeah. <laughs> this is interesting now. Um, <laughs> I was like, no, really, it's not about the money. I've got to go. I'm going to go. I was like, okay, okay, okay. What we'll do is we'll give you the extra money and we'll give you a sabbatical. Just come back. Nice. And yeah, absolutely. So beyond my wildest dream, really. Yeah. So I was like, uh, okay. You know, I can't really knock a gift horse in mouth like that. I was like, yeah, okay, I'll do that. And so, you know, it, it just felt like things fell, started to fall into place. So on that trip, when I left, again, I'd made no plans. I just thought I'd wing it and see where I got to, basically. So I ended up going to India uh, with my parents in the October can't quite remember the countries now, so I think I went to India, Sri Lanka, Malaysia, Australia, New Zealand, Fiji, and then up to Singapore or Brunei, and then kind of that kind of area, Thailand, Vietnam, some little bases here and there, uh, and then the last, oh yeah, I went to the Philippines, uh, and then the last place I went to was Nepal, um, and then came back, and I I remember thinking to myself, this is insane. Like, and not, not one place had I planned. Yeah. But what I did do was I ended up just meeting 
incredible people whilst I was out traveling. And regain that confidence in myself and my identity and my kind of who I was and who I am. You know, over time, it took me a long time to get to a point where I was like, it's all good. You know, there were times when I was on my own, didn't do anything, but I was happy in that, in that solitude. You know, I didn't need anyone to, to feel verified or valued. I just had that in myself. Um, and I remember that the day it clicked, um, as all, as all, you know, these kind of stories of a bit tipsy, a bit hard drunk, you know, <laughs> in a hostel in uh, the Philippines. And I met this guy called Ben from New Zealand. Um, and we're just chatting, you know, with a couple of drinks and chatting outside. So I thought, why did you go, why did you go traveling? What, what made you do it? And for the first time, I articulated it. And I was like, you know what? I think, I think I was slightly depressed. Mm-hmm. Not like, you know, um, I couldn't get out of bed depressed or thing, not crippling depression, but definitely a form of depression where I just, didn't want to be around people. I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to. I didn't want to put myself out there really. Yeah. And that wasn't me. I mean, you've known me a long time. Yeah. I'm not that guy, and I'd become that. Guy. And I just remember articulating it then. It's like, wow, that's pretty insightful. It's like, yeah, it is. I guess if you look at it. But I think you've got to be introspective at times mm-hmm. and understand where your mind is and what you want. Because if you don't, you just keep going and doing emotions and you don't do anything about what you want like in terms of happiness and things, I think. So yeah, that was an incredible time. Yeah, like going to, the first new place I'd been to was Sri Lanka. And all I'd done was I'd booked a Airbnb um, where you share, like someone hosts you. Yeah. So it's not on your own, but you hosted. Yeah, so I stayed with this guy in Sri Lanka and all I did was book a flight, got a taxi to this guy's place in the middle of the night and slept in the next day and like hey how's it going and all this stuff and it turned out that he was running a hostel in Colombo and I ended up meeting people at the hostel and then end up shifting from his to the hostel the <laughs> yeah. and then in the end just going so uh, what are you guys doing oh we're planning to do this and this and that. oh yeah do you want uh, any company and we're traveling and everyone's like yeah of course come on down you know what do you want Okay. Have you always been that type of person to be able to, like, when you do that, because you, it's one of the things that I admire about you, <laughs> is the fact that you could, you seem like you can talk to anyone, and and yeah. I'm highly jealous of the amount of times you've managed to get into particular <laughs> situations, just with the gift of the gab and, like, your beautiful um, smile and all of that, oh, yeah, and then, but do you feel, when you're doing that, do you feel like it's natural, or are you having to push yourself? to do it no I think um, that's a really good question actually I, I think it comes from the idea of I, put, I try and put myself in other people's shoes and I think to myself would I be offended if someone came and talked to me about it yeah and more often than not the answer is no and I think the other thing is that like a school life and there were times when I was bullied when I was made to feel the outsider and I hated that feeling until really, like me and Steve became really good friends. It's like he he was my savior, really. Becoming friends with Steve is just the eye in the sense that, wow, there were good people in this world. It was incredible. Yeah, like, yeah it just that, really that's is. That's nice and sad at the same time. Yeah, had to feel like that. Yeah, it, it was strange because I, you know, I was I was again I was quite confident. I was 
and knew I could talk to people. But yeah. In the school that we were at, it was sometimes hard to feel like that because I came from a very different background to a lot of people. I think in terms of that experience in my life has always made me feel like I don't want other people to feel like that. So if I feel like someone is like kind of on the outskirts or whatever, I, I want to include them in things. Yeah. And so I'll, you know, I'll make the first step or whatever and just talk. And then from that point, my kind of motto kind of became, what's the worst that could happen? They'll say no. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to lose anything. My, the only thing that would be hurt with my pride would be my pride, yeah. right? But if I don't care, okay, then that's that's not going to be effective. Yeah. So you know, you get chatting. You, know, like you don't just ask someone like, "Can I come with you?" Yeah. You get chatting, right? You get chatting, you get talking, and you find out a bit more about the person, and you know, it's a mutual bond and things. And more often than not, when you're traveling, you've got a really open mind anyway. Um. Yeah. So you know. I, that's that's where it comes from, really. The idea that, you know, what's the worst that could happen? Someone turns around and says, no, I don't want you to come back. Okay, well, that's your prerogative. Yeah. And then automatically, you know, actually, I don't like, want to yeah, be with you. maybe I've yeah. dodged a bullet there. You know, if that's your attitude and that's the way you want to look at things. And, and again, it's dependent on how they say it, right? If they're like creeped out by you, then you're probably like, oh, okay, I didn't mean to come across the yeah. <laughs> Okay, I totally understand. And fair enough. Uh, big goodbye but there's always somewhere else somewhere else somewhere else that you can talk to and become friends with this really so nice. to finish I'll ask you a really simple question after all of the deep stuff that you've Sorry, been yeah. I wonder whether this is but what was your what's the best place you've been to uh, what you like you can't just have one place can you I know I mean there is a correct answer but <laughs> yeah. hey the Bahamas is amazing oh that's a good answer yeah <laughs> Especially staying with your mum. Oh yeah, yeah. That was that was actually like one of the highlights of my life. There we go. We'll leave it at that. Ah, <laughs> what you like. So Sri Lanka will always be special for me because it was the first place that I'd been to completely on my own. Okay. And it's beautiful. It's a beautiful place. Yeah. Um, New Zealand, I think, is the most stunning place in the world. And Vietnam, I've got like really friendly people at the airport when I came. <laughs> So when I came in, I was doing like the visa checks and the passport checks and stuff. And the woman behind the counter was like, oh, okay, so you're, uh, how old? I was like, I think I was 32, 33 at the time. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, you've got a, you've got a wife and children. And I was like, oh, it's <laughs> interesting. I mean, never been propositioned at the airport before. I was like, no, no, single, you know, just traveling around. Should get a wife. <laughs> okay. Get a wife and kids. What are you doing at this age? I was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> I'm not being propositioned. I'm yeah. being told off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I just love the fact that they felt comfortable enough yeah. to do that, right? It's just really nice. Um, but yeah, and obviously India is the birthplace of my parents and all the culture and heritage that is all really special. But yeah, there you go. Great. Well, thank you for chatting to me. Thank you for having me on the, on the podcast. I finally got to speak to you. This is incredible. This <laughs> is like, wow, I could set myself up on Spotify. Yeah.
That was one of those chats that you just know could go on for hours and hours because there's so much to talk about and so much depth in something that could seem like such a trivial subject, but actually what travel can bring to your life and what things it can bring out of your life are just fantastic. And I'm really grateful to show for coming and doing this episode and for being so open about his life and what's led him to love traveling. It was really special. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to get in touch, you can get in touch by Facebook or Instagram at T, just the letter T, with friends podcast, or you can email twithfriendspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. I will be with you again in two weeks time. In the meantime, I hope those two weeks bring you joy. Bye.